Welcome to When One Thing Leads to Another, a podcast that takes you freewheeling down the great internet rabbit hole of trivia. Each week we pick a starting point and then who knows where all the twists, turns and tangents will take us. But we'll be sure to unearth a treasure trove of frivolous facts that will be as fascinating as they are, well, useless. When One Thing Leads to Another is produced and presented by us, Helen and Bill Rich. Our theme music is by Justin Mitchell. This is episode six, Penny Come Quick. One of my more recent hobbies, and I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in this, is trawling through rightmove.com to find my dream home. Oh, it's more than that. It's a, it's a flipping pathological obsession. And Bill, you know fine well that I can tell you the house prices in most areas of the United Kingdom. You can. In fact, you should probably <laughs> take over from Kirsty Allsop on location, location, location. Somebody needs to. Well, it was on one of my searches down in the southwest of England. Devon is a favourite location. Right. That I came across an interesting place name that threw me off my tracks, albeit briefly. Okay. Did you know that there's a place in Plymouth called Penny Come Quick? Penny Come Quick? All one word. All one word? Yeah. It forms part of the inner suburbs of the city and the name is said to derive possibly from old southwestern Britonic Penny Kimquit. Don't know if that's correct pronunciation. Yeah. Which means the head of a wooded valley. The head of a wooded valley. Or it could also be Penicumguic, which refers to a nearby creek. Right, okay. And southwestern Britonic is Cornish and Breton, which have been spoken in the southwest and Brittany since the Middle Ages. Good grief. Yeah. Interesting. That is interesting. I love the etymology of words. Yes, you do. I can vouch for that. And names. So this led me down a rather fun rabbit hole, a well-worn rabbit hole, I must add, Okay. of interesting, strange and downright rude place names. Okay. And you know I love a rude or rude-sounding word. You are effectively a very rude person. Thank you. Did you know that in the Yorkshire Wolds, yeah. there's a wet wang? <laughs> wet wang. Wet wang. Nice. Um, it could just mean wet field, as there's a dry field, Driffield, nearby. Okay. Or it could be from Old Norse, Valet Vanger, which means field for the trial of a legal action. Okay. And did you know that Richard Whiteley... Go on. ...him off of Countdown fame... Yeah. He was honorary mayor of Wet Wang... Was from, he? ...from 1998 until 2005 when he died. Oh, Wow. Isn't that great? The mayor of Wetwang. That would go. <laughs> that would be top of my on the top of my CV. There's a Fanny Barks in, Dur <laughs> in Durham, which I think it's a small wood. That is a really very un 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 unfortunate name. Um, there's an Ugly in Essex, okay, which is not far from Nasty in Hertfordshire. Okay, interesting. <laughs> and of course, we're not the only country to have silly names. There's plenty in Europe Go on. as well. Um, there's a place in Croatia called Babina Guzika, yeah. which apparently means granny's arse. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why they picked granny. <laughs> yeah. Um, Germany also has its own. Germany has Affendorf, Falbutter, Fickmullen, which mean respectively monkey village, rancid butter and <laughs> f*** mills. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. This is, yeah, this is an, honestly, this is a, a real treasure trove. 
There are many places in Spanish-speaking countries called Salsipuedes, which means get out if you can. Wow. And there's a town in Chile called Pures Nada, which means better than nothing. Oh, wow. That, the tourist board are going to have a hell of a time trying to promote those places, yeah. aren't they? And Latitz, Intercourse, Virginville and Blue Ball in Pennsylvania. Very nice. Yeah, they all seem related, don't they? That's pretty good. I, I remember driving along a, I think it was the Autobahn in Germany. Yeah. And uh, there was a sign, sure enough, for a place called Tits. Oh. I think with, I think with a Z, though, as I recall. Yes. Yeah. I think, have I seen a picture of that? Yeah, perhaps? I obviously WhatsApped you. <laughs> I'm sure there's a place, I think, in Austria called, it's the F-bomb, isn't it? F***ing. Yes. Well, actually, it's funny you should say that, because the town of F***ing in Austria <laughs> has actually changed its name to Fugging. F-U-G-G-I-N-G. Right. Because of um, road sign theft, which is common for places <laughs> with notorious names, as they know only too well in the town of Shitterton in Devon. Oh, OK. Yes. In 2010, yeah. the inhabitants of Shitterton <laughs> clubbed together and purchased a 1.5 tonne block of Purbeck stone yeah. carved with its name uh -huh. to place at the entrance of the village to prevent theft. This is funny. The chairman of the parish council said every two or three years somebody comes along and nicks our sign because clearly Shitterton is amusing. We thought, let's put in a tonne and a half of stone and see them try to take that away in the back of a Ford Fiesta. <laughs> right, so following on from your research, um, I've been looking at the origin of words. Oh, nice. And uh, I found a couple of interesting examples. Mm -hmm. Did you know that avocado comes from an Aztec word? Now, forgive my pronunciation here. Ahuicati. <laughs> nice. I sound Welsh. <laughs> Ahuicati. I'm from the valleys. I'm from the valleys of Ahuicati. Do you know what that means? I have no idea. Of course you don't. Testicles. Oh. Well, that makes sense because they do. They look. They look a little bit like testicles, don't they? Avocados look. Yeah, they they have a certain ball bag uh... <laughs> resemblance. <laughs> Continuing on, and this is interesting. Well, at mm. least I thought it was mm. the origin of the word jeans, as oh. in the jeans you wear. Oh right. Rather okay. than your DNA. Yeah. Yeah. So jeans were first produced in Genoa. In, yeah. In Italy and Genoa. No, never met her before in my life. <laughs> Sorry. And also Nîmes in France. Right. Um, and the French word for Genoa is jeans, with a G. So oh, yeah. the name jeans is likely an anglicisation yeah. of that. Oh, right. Okay. Similarly, the word denim oh. most likely comes from denim, oh. from Nîmes in French. Oh, yes, from Nîmes. Yeah. And did you know, I can't believe it, I'm reading this here, that workers in northern Italy were wearing jeans from as early as the 17th century. Wow, that is crazy. How about that? And of course, they were popularised in the 1950s by James Dean. Of course. And became a symbol of youth rebellion. And by the 70s, they were in general fashion in US casual wear. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Did you know, right, mm. this is also an interesting, an interesting jean wearer, yeah. right? Albert Einstein. Oh. He wore Levi's. Um, and in fact, he had a leather jacket which was made by Levi Strauss mm. and co. in the 1930s. Um, so he was well ahead of the trend there, wasn't he? Wasn't he just? And that very jacket uh, I'm reading here was mm. sold at Christie's oh, yeah. in 2016 oh, yeah. for, well, what would you pay for it? 
A leather jacket, you say? Oh, well, I don't well, know. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's Albert Einstein's. <clears throat> 50 grand. 50 grand. Double it. And plus 110,000 pints. Wow. How so about someone's that? going around wearing Albert Einstein's leather jacket. No, they're not. They probably got it in a glass box in their massive house. I'd wear it every day. I'd wear it to Tesco's. <laughs> Okay, Levi's are sold in 50,000 retail locations over 110 countries around the world, right? Wow, which yeah. Which brings me on to uh, their adverts, their rather famous adverts. Oh, I used to love the Levi's adverts. Yeah, they had quite their campaign. The TV and cinema ads started in 1966. 66? Yeah, as early as that. Wow. Um, and it was in 1985 that Levi's took their adverts and their sales to the next level by using old songs oh, in the yes. adverts. We all remember those, don't yeah. we? And they spawned a huge amount of hits. Um, Nick Kamen. Do, yeah. do, 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 That's right. I heard do, it through do, the grapevine was re-released and that got to number eight in the UK charts. Mm. Um, when a man loves a woman. Uh, Percy Sledge yeah. got to number two. Mm. Yeah. And Stand By Me was used in 1987. Do, 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 do. And that got to number one, no less. Yeah, brilliant song. And interestingly, it only got to number 27 in the charts the first time it came out in 1961. Oh, wow. And do you know who starred in that advert? I don't remember the uh, the, the Stand By Me advert, actually. Uh, Eddie Kidd. Eddie Kidd? Eddie Kidd, the motorcycling, oh, the, the, yes. the sort of poor man's evil Knievel, oh, wasn't he? Oh, awful can awful. Awful no, can awful. He... I, um, I, I saw Eddie Kidd uh, he, uh, in Swanage. Uh, in about 1980-something, jumping. Oh, Eddie Kidd. Yeah, Eddie, poor Eddie Kidd. Yeah. I know. I think he was. I think I probably had a crush on him when I was about eight. He was a good-looking lad. He, he was beautiful. He, had a, he also had a smashing uh, leather jacket, didn't he? He did. Uh, but he, he came a cropper, didn't he, poor man? Oh, and he's not, know, in a, not in a good state, is he? He's not in a great state, but he was on Tully relatively recently, wasn't he? Was he? he was, I think he was on Top Gear. I remember reading about it. Oh, OK. Yeah, he was driving around with Paddy McGuinness, I think. Good old Somebody, Eddie Kidd. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was in a Levi's advert. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stand by me. Yeah. Now, Benny King, I'm, uh, I've, I've also found out, mm. co-wrote the song with Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the song, they, they wrote a lot of Elvis they did. hits, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the song was also used in the film of the same name the previous year. Oh, yes, Stand by me. Yeah. In fact, River Phoenix and Will Wheaton, who acted in the film, were in the music video too. Yes, yeah, they were. And this perfect storm of publicity mm. meant that in 2012, the song's royalties were estimated to have topped $22.8 million. Wow, wow. 50% uh, of which were paid to Benny King. Oh, wow. Nice little well, earner. Well, thanks to Levi's then and, and the film, he did really well, didn't he, with that song? Oh, Benny King, he cashed in yeah. very nicely, thank so you very much. Yeah, that was an old spiritual or something, wasn't it? Yeah, apparently it was an old spiritual hymn, yeah. which itself was based on Psalm 46. And actually, did you know that he, he wrote that song for the Drifters, but they passed on recording it. Oh, bad decision. Yeah, and it was when um, Benny King had a little time left over at one of his own recording sessions that he decided to give it a go himself. Wow, how about that? Yeah. And then it and then it made him a ton of money yeah. later in life. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I bet the drifters were kicking themselves. I bet they were. Um, so I was um, looking, I've just been Googling a little bit while you've been going on, <laughs> and also famously covered Stand By Me, John Lennon. 
Oh, yeah, I like that. I like his version. Yeah. So um, his cover of Stand By Me features on a bootleg album called A Toot and a Snore 74. Right. Have you heard? You haven't heard of it. OK. It's the only known recording session in which he and Paul McCartney played together after the, uh, uh, after the breakup of the Beatles yeah, okay. in 1970. Um, Paul McCartney said in a 1997 interview with Australian writer Sean Sennett that the session was hazy for a number of reasons. Lennon was producing Harry Nielsen's album Pussycats at Burbank Studios when Paul and Linda dropped in, as you do, and they were joined by Stevie Wonder, Harry Nielsen. You're kidding. Bobby Keys. Don't know. Oh, Bobby Keys, yeah, he, he was the saxophonist for the Stones, wasn't he? There you go. And producer Ed Freeman for an impromptu jam session. How Can you about imagine? That? May Pang was there too. In oh, fact, yes. this was during his Lost Weekend. Oh, when the he was Lost Weekend. From Yoko, yeah. Oh, the famous John Lennon Lost Weekend, yeah. Anyway, this is really funny. Um, Lennon allegedly appears to be on cocaine and you can hear him on the album offering Stevie Wonder a snort on the first track. You want a snort, Steve? A It's going round. And then asking someone to give him a snort on the fifth track. Somebody give me an E or a snort. Apparently it's all a bit chaotic. How about that? Yeah. Not that we would ever condone any drug use. No. At all, of course. Of course not, of course not. But Great story. Isn't it? Okay, leading on from the Paul McCartney, John Lennon and Stevie Wonder et al. story, mm. there's another album which I found of interest mm. uh, called The Songs Lennon and McCartney Gave Away, Ooh. which is a compilation of songs they didn't ever release. Mm. Uh, songs they never recorded because they thought unsuitable for the Beatles mm. and songs they actively wrote for other artists. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, some of the songs on the album, we've got Step Inside Love by oh, Cilla Black. Yeah. Step Inside Love. A World Without Love by Peter and Gordon. Uh, I absolutely love that song. That was written by Lennon and McCartney. Apparently so. Please lock me away. Another song they wrote but didn't record, which isn't on the album, mm. is... Come and get it. If you want it, Badfinger. Welsh rock yeah. band Badfinger. Yes. Uh, in 1969. In fact, they were the first group signed by the Apple label yeah. in 1968. Yeah. Um, and they were originally called the Ivies, but they changed oh. their name to Badfinger after the working title for the Beatles hit, with a little help from my friends, which was Badfinger Boogie. Oh. <laughs> they also had a hit with Without You, which they wrote themselves and went on to be a huge hit for Harry Nilsson. Oh my goodness, they wrote that? They did, apparently so. Oh wow! Um, oh. However, um, things get a bit sad on the story of uh, Badfinger, I'm afraid to oh. tell you. They struggled with legal, managerial and financial difficulties oh after Apple Records folded. Oh. The whole Apple Records thing was a total disaster, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, two of the band members died by suicide oh my. in 1975 oh. and 1983. Oh dear. One of a brain aneurysm in oh. 2005. So there's only one surviving member of the Badfinger original lineup. Oh, that's really sad. Okay, going back um, briefly to Scylla Black, I've just been um, reading here. This is, this is interesting. So she did a cover also of You've Lost That Loving Feeling. Right. You know, the Righteous Brothers. Of course. So they released in the US, You've Lost That Loving Feeling in 1965. Yeah. And um, George Martin, 
uh-huh. was producing Cilla Black okay. and decided to do a Cilla Black version and released it in the UK as a sort of rival version. Okay. I don't think Cilla Black's version was particularly well received. In no, fact, you don't hear it, do you? Andrew Oldham, yes. who was then the manager of the Rolling Stones, yeah. he took it upon himself to run a full-page ad in Melody Maker when Cilla Black's version is, I think it's at around number two in the charts. Right, okay which said, this advert is not for commercial gain. It is taken as something that must be said about the great new Phil Spector record, The Righteous Brothers, singing You've Lost That Loving Feeling. Already in the American top ten, this is Spector's greatest production, the last word in tomorrow's sound today, exposing the overall mediocrity of the music industry, signed Andrew Oldham. And so they released the Righteous Brothers version in the UK as well. And apparently Brian Epstein said to Tony Hall of Decca Records, they've got no chance. And the Righteous Brothers pipped Cilla Black's version with the post. She dropped down to number five. They went to number one in the UK. In your face, Cilla. Surprise, surprise. Thank you for listening to When One Thing Leads to Another, a podcast produced and presented by us, Helen and Bill Rich. If we have floated your boat or pushed your buttons, then subscribe by visiting our website whenonethingleadstoanother.com. We've also added some links to things that we've discovered on this episode, so you too can lose yourself down the great internet rabbit hole of discovery. A massive thank you to Justin Mitchell for letting us use his music as our theme song. It's a track called Homo Erectus, taken from his fantastical album called The Garden of Earthly Delights, which is available to buy from bandcamp.com. Thanks also to Acast for hosting our podcast. Join us next week for another episode of When One Thing Leads to Another. Please note that all facts have been found on the internet and therefore we cannot vouch for their veracity.